This is the 18th season of Bass Talk Live. With your host, Matt Pangrad. BTL is brought to you by Lorance, Bass Cat Boats, AFCO, Strike King Lures, Sunline, Big Bite Baits, Spro, X-Zone Lures, Gamakatsu, The Bass Tank, Denali Rods, and Pro Guide Batteries. PTL, coming at ya! Good morning and welcome to another exciting edition of BTL Bass Talk Live where we are going to talk about bass fishing. A little special show today. Back-to-back Angler of the Year special. I know we had uh, Michael Neal on after his back-to-back, I guess we got to call him MLF, Invitational Angler of the Years now. And uh, we managed to get the man, the hottest man on the face of the earth for the past decade in bass fishing. Boy, uh, he just never slowed down. And that would be the recently crowned BPT Angler of the Year, Jacob Wheeler, in route. I have no idea where he's in route to, but he was willing enough to to jump on BTL, and we're going to do just an AOI special with Jacob Wheeler. He's been on the show a bunch over the past years. It's been a while since you've been on the show. Thanks for taking time to jump on BTL, Mr. Wheeler. I mean, I appreciate you having me on, man. It's always a good time to get, jump on there and talk bass fishing with you. Yeah, uh, well, I don't know how much bass fishing we're talking. We'll probably just talk about winning because that seems to be all you do, uh, all you do recently. But uh, this is a recorded show. I'm currently down on the uh, Red River right now, getting ready for the Bassmaster Central Open. I promise you, it will not be uh, as productive as what is uh, just wrapping up in uh, Malax right now, which is giant smallmouth and a lot of them. Kind of stingy, kind of. <laughs> Kind of stingy, but also big smallmouth. Better than the Red River, I can promise you that. But uh, you just wrapped up, just narrowly missed uh, championship round. I believe what an eleventh place finish on Malax. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was it was a close one. I actually like uh, <clears throat> I had a tough first period, first part of the morning, and then I was running back and forth, and and um, yeah, I ended up losing to my good buddy. Uh, I made this in the cut to Adrian. I actually was I was inside the cut. I was seventh. I came back and was in seventh. Then I was eighth. And then Adrian caught a four pounder with like ten minutes to go. And so I run like seven miles at this one spot. I drop down. I need a four pounder. I catch a three eleven and, and ended up missing it for you know a couple ounces. But you know overall, obviously the year was is insane. And Malax is. Uh, I was talking to Kevin yesterday, and, and he was talking about how. He's like, this is the best smallmouth fishing that's not really, you know, that doesn't have gobies in it in the country. So, Malax is really a special place. I think I had, like, my best day, I probably had, like, a 25-pound bag, best five. Mark had a 26-pound bag, and his best five. Most of them were, like, you know, four- and five-pounders. Um, a lot of really nice fish in this lake. You've had an insane year, Jacob, uh, and I had Dakota Ebear on, and – I talked to him about uh, how tough, and he talked about how tough it is to have finishes, single-digit finishes next to your name. Uh, he did something, I think, depending on uh, the t- today's, well, he'll have a top 10 finish, uh, at least on Malax, I think, which makes like nine top 10 finishes for him between the, the, the well, don't be shaking your head. You have just the same That's thing. a lot. That's a lot. That's between, a lot. Dude, but like I said, you have back-to-back seconds, a fifth, a third, an eighth, a third uh, through the entire season. Um 
do you feel like you make it and Dakota's made it and Michael Neal's made it look easier than it actually is to have so many top 10 finishes strung together in such a short period of time? Yeah, I definitely think it, you, you see the end result and you see, you see these guys are just so consistent and always up towards the top. But I also feel like there's so much of a mindset thing that goes into when you go into an event, not saying you can go, Hey, I'm going to win this tournament, but there was a change in my mindset probably five years ago, three, probably three to five years ago, where instead of going to the tournament, I remember this guy, a buddy of mine, who's like that back home, you know, he, 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 he big fan of mine, big friend of mine. And uh, he's like, man, you should just go up to the tournament and you should know, man, you should know you're going to at least get a check. You shouldn't be worried about getting a check. And I'm like, you don't understand how good these guys are. But he was right in the fact of you can't focus on just what it's going to take to get paid. If you put all your effort in mind in your thoughts into like, oh, I, this is what it's going to take to get a check. A lot of times you lose sight of like how to actually, you know, perform at a higher level and get in focus on trying to make those top tens and give yourself an opportunity to win. And I truly feel like that was a big deal for me. And I think that's also been a big deal. I can't speak for those guys, but I would say there's a mindset thing of you you're fishing differently. Your mindset is I got to figure out how to win this tournament. And when you do that, you tend to have a lot more top tens. Yeah. Which is a lot. I also, there was a seventh. So this year you had like an 11th, a second, a second, a fifth, a third, an eighth, a third and a seventh. And then you piggybacked out on what you did last year uh, with the angler of the year. At this point in your career, are you like disappointed with back-to-back seconds, like leading into this? Like, do you feel like you left stuff on the table? Was your goal the angler of the year? Uh, I mean, you're kind of in a different realm when it comes to that, to where, you know, a lot of guys would be happy with back-to-back seconds, but did you, did you feel like you left some on the table and could have gotten some more hardware this year? I mean, there's no doubt. You know, I look back at last season and I, and I had an, an insane year winning three tournaments in a single year. And yeah. like, like there was tournaments, like the one where I, uh, when I won at Travis against Bobby, he was catching really good late in the day. I had an early shad spawn thing going on and I caught him quick early. And then I just sort of had to maintain what I could. And I barely beat him by a few ounces. Um, you know, and I sort of held on to that one. So, so tournaments like that, that things go your way. This year, I can look back at about three events that it was super close and could have gone either way. I could have won or, you know, I, and, and I ended up getting second or third, you know, and it's just how it is. You lose a fish, you know, you make one bad decision. Um, and, and that's sort of what it comes down to. You have to like, you're going to have those good tournaments and those right decisions that you're going to make. And then, but more than more than not, you're going to have those tournaments that you're going to get close, and it's just not going to go your way. And so this year was sort of more of, I just never had that everything go perfect. You know, I think you know everybody has an opportunity. I mean, I think probably you would say a handful of guys in the top ten probably lost enough fish to win a tournament every single time at a BBT event. And and so you have to fish flawlessly a lot of times to win, um, and, and you have to make the right decisions. Just unfortunately, this year. I mean, it's been an unbelievable year, but it, it is those moments didn't swing my way. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel having watched 
the last couple seasons that you have a distinct advantage over a lot of the field because you've been able to jump out to big leads, whether that's knowing you're going to win the round, whether that's knowing you're going to be in the top five, you rarely find yourself fighting for that 20th position, which means you don't have to grind based on the rules with the weight zeroing and a short practice that you guys get for the BPT. That is also a lot. And we've seen guys, we've seen Michael Neal do it. We've seen other guys do it where they say, okay, I'm done for the day. And they're able to go hunt spots. One of the things that's crazy with you and that terrifies everyone else, because it's cool with the 10 cameras, you get to see it is they're like, I know Wheeler has something in his back pocket that he's going to make a, make a comeback on. Do you think, a, or a lot of those spots, are you finding areas for the, the final round and for the second round of the knockout to win it? after you've let your foot off the gas and you're using that rules, knowing it's going to zero, knowing you're going to have a couple days off to go hunt for spots instead of just grinding out weight where everyone else is trying to survive your three chess moves ahead. And then that pays off on the final day. That's the, that's the one of the biggest things you can do. And that's the one, that's the one deal in this format with the weight zeroing is if you can get a little bit extra practice time, and you have the time to go run around and prepare for that championship round or prepare for the knockout round. I mean, I'm, I'm even practicing. I found myself yesterday. There's like places like I found myself yesterday, like even in the tournament during the knockout round yesterday, I was running around and I catch a, a pretty, a pretty good fish. I'm like, man, I remember seeing a couple on the spot up here. I didn't go to my juice. I was already down like 20 pounds, but I'm like, I know I can catch them over here. I just need like two more places to catch two more bass and I can make the cut. And so I was looking for those places to catch two bass rather than going to the juice and trying to make the comeback already. And I caught one and didn't catch two. So like there's things that you have to continue to practice in the tournament as well. I think that's a big thing. If you look at like thrift, I've always looked at thrift as one of the best at doing that. Um, you can't get locked in to how your day is going to to go down. Like I see so many anglers across the country that they'll have a practice period and they'll go three days and I'm gonna and then they get out there and they're like, okay, I'm gonna have, I'm gonna run this spot, then I'm gonna run over to that point, then I'm gonna hit this brush pile, then I'm gonna hit that dock. And then there's a boat over here, there's a boat over there, there's something, you know, there's a guy, you get your first spot, they're not there. And all of a sudden you just, you know, mess up your whole plan. And I think that's a huge deal is, is letting the day go to you and come to you. And what I mean by that is sort of just feeling things out. I, there are some times you can get caught up on trying to run to a spot and, and, and just like going all in on a place. And I feel like there's certain times where you just sort of got to feel like out and sort of like, ah, let me go, let me go check out on this and still practice during the event. Even when you're, you might not be like, for me, that's a big deal is practicing during the event, even when I'm not, up there like i'm still practicing like there's times i'm, I'm shutting down i'm like yeah, let me let me just sort of see what's going on right here for the first part of your career on the uh flw tour and then the elite series just kind of the way with that format is without the zero that's something you weren't really able to to do during the tournament and that i mean that this is kind of like a new realm of of guys figuring out how to be more efficient mm-hmm. right well i think you yes during a, a cumulative five fish limit event I still did it quite a bit, but not as much. Um, I feel like you still have to make adjustments. Like I think there's so many different times. I actually did the exact same thing. Like I would go and like 100%, I would be like running down the lake and be like, well, I'm going to stop here, but let me stop on this point right here because it sort of fits the pattern. And knowing that I had something in my back pocket allowed for me to be able to like 
I am the same, maybe not as much, but I definitely did it a decent amount. Like you have, and especially like, you know, when, when you can actually run a pattern, you have to just sort of, okay, they're doing this, let's roll. But I, I did it quite a bit back in the day as well. Not as much early on in my career because I didn't understand enough about bass behavior. And I was still learning so much to even catch enough to do well. But then as I sort of figured it out and I, you get clues, that's when like the pattern aspect of it, like it really becomes a lot of fun when you can go run around a lake that you have like a table rock or a grand lake or some of the lakes that are really set up where the patterns really tend to play really well, where you can just run a pattern because the conditions sort of set up for that. Um, yeah, I think, I think maybe not as much practice, I guess, but I still, I definitely ran a lot of new water. And I feel like that is always why a handful of anglers were, were very dominant throughout the years because they were always looking for fresh fish continuing throughout the event, no matter whether it's a five fish limit tournament or every fish counts. It's crazy how much speed, how much speed and covering water, the top guys in the world. Let's go back to like KVD 07, 08, uh-huh. 09. Like he had his thing. He had, he had the strike King plug and he was covering water. And I mean, I remember out there watching him and he was, he was doing it efficiently and effectively at a rate no one else was and was putting it in front of more fish. Uh, you look at the the run Brian Thrift has had, you look at, and it's uh-huh. very few. Like So like old school guys win, like, like Denny Brower and Tommy Biffle, uh-huh. and they win, but you don't see the consistently at the at the top level for long periods of time like that. And it seems like there's a group of you guys who have figured out how to effectively cover water fast without without losing efficiency like that's that's the whole key to this thing is covering water efficiently and finding fish that are active and it's happened over time like we've got a 20-year time period now of guys who have mastered this and it seems to be translatable north south east west too throughout the course of an entire season no, I, I 100% agree with you on that. Like efficiency is a huge part of the game. If you're not efficient, you're not able to. It also comes down to, I, I feel like the, I, I, along with efficiency comes the mental side of the, the sport. And and I was talking to a, a an angler the other day um, that's retiring this year, and he's like, I just can't process the information fast enough. What it used to take me a couple hours to figure it out and be able to run with it. Now it takes me five hours. And then when I figure it out, I only have two and a half hours of fishing and I'm in 30th place. It's, it's the mindset of processing that information, being able to be efficient, be able to cover water faster, which uh, is along with is sort of hand in hand. It's the efficiency aspect covering water fast enough, but then being able to process that information and to continue to move on is a huge part, a huge part of the game right now. And it has been for years. I mean, processing information and then making quick, effective decisions based on it, it has nothing to do with just fishing. Like if you're a lawyer in the courtroom, if you're a firefighter, a policeman Uh in any occupation that you're in, if you're a day trader, like isn't that what Uh kind of boils down to success in any profession? I know I would yeah, I would have to agree. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the only way to get good mm-hmm. at it is to be put in that situation again, receive positive feedback from it, learn from the negative feedback what it doesn't work, and then repeat the process over and over and over again. Yeah. 
Yeah, you 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 got it. You na- I, that that's the key to ba- that's the key to life. You just <laughs> that's the key. Okay, so let me ask you this though. You're you're you've obviously had really positive feedback. You've been able to process this stuff. When was the last time you felt like you really struggled on the water? That you made bad decisions? You weren't totally focused. We're talking a BPT event, maybe a red crest, a heavy hitters, any of that. Do you have any days where we, we all we're human beings? I think you're a human being. Are you a human being? You're a human being, right? It's debatable right now, Jacob. But have you ever had those days where it just didn't feel right? Like when was the last bad day you would say you had on the water? So last bad day I've had on the water um, was in Harrison. The first and second day competition, I ended up having like the worst finish of my BPT career um, on Harris Shane. Um, that and, and I had, I was on, I had a good practice. Um, I, I thought I made good decisions, but I'll tell you what happened. The mental side guy, it was the first time in the last five years or four or five years that it really got to me on the mental side of things. And I, I just, whatever happened, I was losing fish. I got sloppy. I went back and looked at the footage because I record everything for YouTube. I went back and looked at my body language and I, I, I lost, I want to say the first day of competition, I lost um, like eight out of the set, the 15, you know, good bites I had that day or nine out of the 15. It was something insane. I mean, and just stupid stuff like an eight pounder, you roll them up, up underneath a dock, you have one jump off on a crankbait and have one jump off on a vibrating jig. They would, you know, it was just nuts. And so I remember, and then the final event of the final day, I, I, a final uh, period, I took another like five pounder. I was four pounds out and it jumped a four, a five pounder jumps off on the next of the boat and I missed the cut. Like those, and that was like a really tough one for me because I put all the effort in. I prepped for this event. I pre-practiced all this stuff. And, and when, no matter what I did, I couldn't keep them hooked up. I, I couldn't get them in the boat. Um, and then the tournament was won. Adafo won the tournament literally off the docks that I was fishing. And that's literally true story. The exact same stretch of docks that I was fishing, Adafo wins the tournament the final day. Off those, off those docks, and that's that shallow stretches, and I'm like, unreal. So that was really the last time. That was last year, and I was like, dang, because I made the right decisions. I was right on the right area. Maybe I didn't make the right bait adjustment, but that was really hard for me. I, I just remember looking back, and I was really disheartened because I was like, there goes angler of the year. Instantly, I thought that. And so that's when I sort of like mindset changed to winning events. And then it became, ended up just winning two. And then you put myself back in angle of the year position and then ended up winning angle of the year. So, but that one, yeah, that was a tough one. Wow. All right. We're going to take a break. Like I said, a little truncated show. Cause we're, we're jamming this thing in between, between uh, appointments. Like I, I want to talk about that when we get back too, because you're approaching the what 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 we call the Kevin Van Dam deal, where every minute of your time is the more success you have, the less time you have to do what you want. You would think it would be the opposite, but in this industry, it seems to be the 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 exact opposite of that. So I want to talk about that. I also want to talk about trends over the last two years. We see guys yeah. that have done one thing that has carried them through. Is it trends? You seem pretty versatile. I want to talk about that if you have time. Uh, so we're going to take a quick break. When we're back, back back-to-back BPT Angler of the Year, Jacob Wheeler 
on BTL. We'll be back right after this. Your key to better fishing this season is Elite FS, now available at a new lower price. Get Elite FS9 today for $9.99, and we'll throw in a CMAP reveal chart, our premium mapping solution for free. Elite FS works with all state-of-the-art Lorenz sonar, from chirp, side-scan, and down-scan imaging with fish reveal to high-resolution active target live sonar. Elite FS9 and CMAP reveal. Offer ends August 31st. The new Puma STS has been redesigned from the ground up. With the angler, design, function, and performance in mind, nothing on this new offering was compromised, and the only thing carried over from the previous version is the name. Based on the soft touch series hull that started with the flagship Jaguar, this new model is nimble and performs incredibly well at all speeds with either a 250 or 300 horsepower engine. Featuring a new 96 inch wide body footprint, this hull measures out at 20 foot 7 inches in length. Industry-leading design coupled with tournament-winning performance. The Puma STS from Basscat. Feel the rush. We're just about ready to go, ladies and gentlemen. Get in order. Once again, Drew Cook is in the driver's seat. When you're catching fish for a living, you can't let a little cold, rain, heat, humidity, or anything else get in the way of a payday. I wear AFCO. Any fish, any water. The KVD 100 Jerkbait. 15 different colors. A perfect combination of roll, wiggle, and flash. Increased castability. 3D eyes. Premium black nickel hooks. KVD. Tie one on. Striking lures. Are you looking to install your own fishing electronics? Well, the Bass Tank is here to help you. The solution is the Bass Tank Power Harness. It takes the guesswork out of installation. No more voltage issues or interference. Designed by an engineer so that you can get professional results right there in your own garage. Installation done right with the help of the Bass Tank Power Harness. You can feel confident knowing that your installation was done right. The Bass Tank Power Harness. Give us a call or order yours today at thebasstank.com. All right, welcome back. BTL with AOY. Jacob Wheeler. Uh, before break, I kind of mentioned something that I wanted to talk on was with, with great success comes great responsibility. And one of the things when Kevin went on his incredible run, I mean, he's still on an incredible run, but we were just talking about, you know, other, other humanly stuff there. It was like before your time, you were like 14, 15 years old. You were only like two years away from winning the all American at that point, but it was like, right when I kind of started covering the elite series and it was just unbelievable. And the thing that most of his competitors on the elite series had respect for Kevin about was the fact that he had so many off the water obligations pulling him in every direction and he was still able to dominate and go back to back to back to back with the angler of the year. Are you feeling that? Have you felt that? Are you at the point of your career now where you have to be very careful about how you distribute your time so it doesn't affect your on the water performance? Yeah, 100%. I, I try to always make a point. Um, you know, I'm very fortunate to have a lot of great partners that have been with me for a very long time. And, you know, they understand, obviously, um, 
you know, for me, I have, I have a small family now too. I have, I have a two, I have a two little, I have a little boy and a little girl. I have uh, Hudson. He's almost, uh, he'll be a year here very shortly. And then Olivia, she's three and a half, almost she'll be four and actually here coming up in January. So, you know, my family is very important to me. I know there'll be a time that I have to slow down um, to give them some time as well, but on the sponsor side and partnership side, I've been able to sort of like know, I've been able to be a little bit smarter with my time. And what I mean by that is like, you still have to prioritize your competition. Like if you don't prioritize your events, you can't continue to stay at that high of a level. Like if I don't like say, look at the schedule and say, all right, these three right here are these two right here priority as far as pre-practicing. So I need to go to those to look at that body of water. Cause I've never been there. These two right here, I can or I can't. It's not, you know, if it's a spawn event, like, for instance, this year, Lake the Ozarks. Um, I didn't go and pre-practice that event because I figured it would be a spawn event. You put your sunglasses on and, you know, and, and go look around a little bit. And, and that's really just you're going to have to – you can't do anything to really benefit yourself. Maybe getting familiar with the lake, but that sort of was – it wasn't beneficial for me to leave my family for that week or leave that, my family for a couple of days there. So – um, but but really, I feel like the partnership side of it, it it's it's definitely increasingly more demanding. It definitely is. There's more days that I'm gone, but I've I've been able to sort of right as of right now, I've been able to juggle it so far, and and, and it does it, it definitely has increased. But I feel I feel pretty good about where I'm at. Like I'm not pre-practicing every event. Like when I started, I'm not gone. You know, I'm only having two days of pre. I don't really fish. I didn't fish the pro circuit. Um, you only have a handful of events, I think 10 or 12 events all season long. So I'm able to, it's manageable right now. It's manageable. You kind of remind me, there's a, a bull rider, uh, uh, JB Mooney. And he has, there's like this little thing that they did on vice with him. I talked about like how he was good. And he was like, uh, yeah, everyone thinks I was just like born like this, like able to ride these bulls and stuff. And it was interesting. He said, it wasn't like working out. You can never overpower a bull. He goes, but what people didn't see, and he said, I just let him, I just let him think I'm a freak of nature, was he would stand on like a bowling ball for two hours a day. And then he would like growing up and then he would like jump on this like uh, mechanical bull thing for like five or six hours a day. And he said that that's where it became to where he was winning all this stuff. And people were like, this dude's just a freak. He goes, but what you didn't see was the back end that went into that, that allowed me to stay on that bull for eight seconds. And I feel like, uh, you know, you talk to uh, Brandon Polinick uh, or a Justin Lucas or a you or a Jordan Lee. And I think there's so much back end that you guys put in starting from when the time you were 13, 14 on that these people are like, well, how are these guys in their 30 years old and are so dominant? But I don't think you get that way without all the stuff that people don't see. Right. Is that a fair, is that a fair statement? Like, I mean, how much time do you put in behind the scenes? That's not on social media. That's not, scene that's not that's that's half of my job i mean that is what it it, it comes down to out strategizing your competition like this is a thing that people don't understand so bass fishing is very unique is is a sport because this is like i have to when i go to an event i can't only just factor in the 79 other guys that i'm competing against i have to factor in locals local tournaments weekend anglers Every single one of the people out there on the water, any, any angler out there on the water can affect my day of competition, not knowingly, not in purpose. 
it's it's public bodies of water. So you have to out strategize not only your field that you're competing against, but then also everybody else because that could be pressured to to end up putting yourself in a good position to to potentially have a good event. So like yes, that's that's a huge part of it. Prep prep is a huge deal. Like I don't really talk a heck of a lot about the backside of it because that's the stuff that's when you win and lose. Like you don't really want to motivate everybody to like, Hey, go work harder. Like you just don't like, what's the point of that? It just makes it harder for you, you know, yeah. but there is a lot that goes into it. There's a lot of, a lot of hours and thought and effort that goes into every single event. Um, my wife could tell you the most, uh, probably the any more than anybody, because she sees it more than, you know, more than anybody. She knows how much, how much hard work goes into it. But I think you have to, if you're not dedicated to uh, almost an insane amount to the sport that you're in, there's no way that you could be at the top. It, you might, it might be short lived, but there's no way you're going to be there for very long. There's like a group of you guys that are all pushing each other right now. I feel uh-huh. like, like not only there your is. little group with like, uh, uh, Connell and MDJ and them, but like, I feel, I, I feel like, like Lucas is in that mix uh-huh. and then some of the new guys that come out, but you guys all have a system that's worked. And I feel like it, <clears throat> just watching it from the outside and talking to some of them. Like, I know it like drives them nuts when you beat them. And I know you don't want to get beat them. Like I've said for years, like the, you and Lucas could have like the greatest rivalry in the history of sports right now. Like every time it's in the, in the top 10, I talk to him a lot and I'm always like, you can get him this time. And he's like, damn, I don't know. He's always freaking in the top three. Uh, I, I, I know I told, I told Adrian, so Adrian kicked me out of the top 10 yesterday, the other day. And, and, um, and I said, man, I would have felt bad if I if you would have been in like seventh, and and Lucas would have been an eighth, and I didn't do my job and kick him <laughs> out. I'd have felt bad that I didn't make that. All of us make the top ten. I mean, I, I like I, obviously Lucas. Rivalries I mean, I'm, are I'm good. Yeah, but I but I don't like losing to Lucas. No, Lucas has that very. He's very confident, and and I have the same confidence. We all have fun with it, but we hate hate losing i mean I, I don't like losing anybody but yeah especially lucas yeah you can't there's 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 a couple other people that i would dis, i despise hating or despise losing to not <laughs> despise losing to there's a Can couple others that i'm like bren or i would hate to lose bren or me and bren or do not get along at all that's a good rivalry all. that's like two opposites not, too would not know so you like no look way. at the standings, like if you're if you're like not in want first, which you usually are, you're always like got him. No, I don't really go to that extent, but I'm like uh, if he's in the t- if I he's do in the top local 10, events. If he's in the top ten, and I'm like I ain't losing to him today. Yeah, sort of a deal like that. You know what I'm saying? Like it pushes you, like. But that's what's what's healthy about competition is like you have to be pushed. You get like if you're always the top, like. Those days, like when you get your butt kicked, you're like, "Dang, dude! I I got outsmarted." Like I, they thought, man, like Connell completely outsmarted me and and outstrategized me at Cayuga by diving into the smallmouth side of it, and I went for the sure thing because angler of the year. Yeah. With largemouth, I committed to it. I knew the North End was productive. I knew if I put all my time and effort into that, that I'd have a good tournament. But and I had the best. I had the best group of largemouths found on the whole lake, for me, for at least for me, out of the group of anglers. But Connell had the quality of the smallmouth, and I'm like, damn. When he came in, I remember like after day two of 
the tournament, like knockout right before knockout round. He goes, yeah, you, you, while you were, while you were beating up, you and Lucas were battling out for that automatic bid. I said, yeah, I found some, I was shaking them suckers off. And I'm like, fudge. Yeah. I'm like, I knew it. I was like, gosh, he's like, yeah, I found three more freaking juice holes. And I'm like, gosh, dang. So it, it really is. Everybody pushes everybody to become better, to, to, to step their game up. And that's what it's all about. All right, a couple more questions. We'll let you get back on the road. Uh, one, I wanted to uh, talk about trends. Anything over the last couple of years that recently that you've been able to to lock in your hand and has gotten the job done day in and day out? Well, I mean, obviously, a vibrating jig is is obviously it's, it seems like you wind it around, you can get some bites. Um, that's that's a huge deal. I think the biggest trend that that and we've talked about this a little bit sometimes is is not is being versatile now there's not a trend of allure it's like if they're not you can't you can't be a specialist anymore if you're going to be you have to be good at everything that's the biggest trend as of recent with professional bass fishermen you cannot be a specialist you have to be a generalist and you have you can have a couple techniques you're good at and that you're very confident in but you have to know how to do every single technique you know how to you know how to catch them and 40 foot of water dropping on them and catch them in a foot of water sight fishing or flipping shallow wood. If you can't do it all, you won't be bass fishing very long at the hot, at the top level. Uh, going forward, this is back to back angler of the years. You have the, the, uh, the cup rest in peace under your belt. <laughs> Dude, it's an interesting time in bass fishing now. I, I mean, what are your, your thoughts on that? I, I, I talked to, uh, uh, I talked to uh, Matt Steffen in a show that will air this year, and I said, dude, if you were to take a snapshot of fishing now and then a snapshot of fishing three years from now and then compare them to each other, how similar do you think they'll look? And he had an interesting answer, and I'm curious, what do you think your answer is on that? Man, I, three years from now, <clears throat> I mean, it's tough because I, you have to have non-endemic. Um, there's only so many eyeballs that, that – follow professional bass fishing okay we're only so big you know and and at the end of the day um trying to build the sport is what everybody's been trying to do for years and still you know you're limited to what you how many eyeballs are out there and how many people are actually following it and that limits the the sponsorship dollars for the leagues that limits what they can do um as far as an organization um and and so i i think you know, we, I mean, even going back to like the start of the BBT, the reason that I know, at least for me, that I thought this was a great opportunity was, hey, look, this is something different that might have a chance to double the size of the viewership, triple the size. And if that, what we've been doing for 30 years has stayed the same for 30 years. And so it's like, how can we grow this sport? And yes, this is different, but like, can I make, is there a chance it could be the the key to, to maybe increasing payouts and, 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 and it, you know, it has elevated the sport, mm-hmm. but again, you know, there's, there's negatives and positives on both. And, and I, I don't know, I think next season or in three years from now, I, I don't know what the future holds. Obviously, it's a, it is a different time 
in, in professional bass fishing, there's a lot of changes every single year. There's change here. There's changes there. It's just, it's, it's, it's can be, I don't know. I mean, it's I, a great I really time to have a podcast. I don't have a great answer. Yeah. I don't have a great answer for you. I, I'm sure Matt's is way better, but I was like, I, I believe that the problem is, you know, like I said, if it, we somehow have to grow the audience and if that's never done, then it will stay where it's at for years to come. I like the team deal that you guys are doing. I think that's cool. That's coming up this fall. I think that has some potential. I, I agree. I think it's the thing. Major League Fishing has made some mistakes over the years, 100%. But the one thing that I do appreciate about that organization is they're not afraid to switch it up and try something new. And so that's important. Um, and I think that is something that team deal. Um, I actually have, I'm here in a week. I got the first, the first one. Nice. Um, so, and so, yeah, so it'll be, it'll be interesting to see how that all, that all shakes out, but I, I might be doing some scream yelling, yelling at my teammates. <laughs> what the heck? We got it. They might be yelling at me. Who knows? <laughs> I mean, it'll be, it'll be fun though. I think that that yeah. sort of changes the dynamic up a little bit. And, um, you know, I think I think you have to you have to think outside the box a little bit. I, I also look at like Bally Bet and I look at sports betting and how become that how whether you like it or you don't, I think that could be a major player long term into into a sport where hey, look, maybe not everybody's watching like I have friends of mine that, that never they do not fish at all, but they've watched major league fishing, they watch the format and they'll turn on the last period of every single cut day or at least the last hour. It's like watching the last, you know, last last quarter of an of a NCAA football game. You know what I'm saying? And it's close. You're like, yeah, I want to watch this. And so I think there's, there's opportunity there. And I think that could open up some doors, but I just, there's so many unknowns, you know, I, I, I like, I like, I like we're switching it up a little bit and uh, trying some different things. I had a dude send me a DM on Instagram, and he's like, hey, you really want to make it exciting because as everyone tunes in for the last hour, he goes, do an eight-hour day and have them cut three guys every hour. (laughs) (laughs) So you start with 40, and the bottom three guys after the first hour, gone. Bottom three guys after the second hour, gone. Would that not be Western? Holy smokes! I'm sure you wouldn't get the anglers to agree that, but that would be entertaining. I, I would definitely enjoy watching it. All right, uh, in your wildest dreams, uh, as a 19 year old winning the All American, did you ever dream that you'd be making this much every single year bass fishing? No, man. I, I, I um, I, I, I'm be honest with you. I'm actually, I'm super thankful um, and blessed to be where I'm at right now. But I, I would have never thought, like in a million years, that I, I would be where I'm at. Like I. I going back, even all American, I'm like, Oh yeah, I'm going to fish professionally. Like, and I had that, that confidence I was going to make this thing happen, but it, it just, it's, it's really, I'm still in a moment where like, I don't, it's hard to look back and really take it all in. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you look at the events and you win and you keep pushing and keep pushing and you, you just, you can't, okay, I got second that one. Let's keep going to the next one. All right, I won this one. Okay, I won that. All right, you did this. Okay. You can't appreciate what's, I don't think I'll ever appreciate it until probably, I, maybe until when I retire or something. Like, it's just to the point where when I start not catching a bass, you know, and that and that could happen next year. That could happen, you know, the next event. Mm-hmm. I think you have to look back and be like, man, like, you just got to keep pushing yourself. You can't 
get complacent. And if you're, if you appreciate it and you stop and you look back, you're like, man, but yeah, I, I thought about that. Like, what would my 15 year old self think like about where I'm at right now? Like, I just don't, I'm like, wow. Like I, I also feel like that's, um, I, I just don't even, I, I would have never guessed. Sorry, I would have never thought, I would have never guessed in a million years that I could have, could be in the position that I am. And it's, it's, um, it's, it's really amazing. All right. Last question. It's hard to believe you're only 11 years into this thing and uh, you've got a lot, a lot ahead of you. And I've had conversations before. It seems like your drive is not at all wavering in the near future. <laughs> uh, no. Best piece of advice a veteran angler who's been there and done that has given you over the past couple years since you've elevated yourself to the top angler in the world. Hmm. The best piece of advice that I, I received early on in my career was Dave Washburn at FLW at that point in time. He told me, he said, look, Jacob, he's like, there's a tournament on the water and there's a tournament off the water. If you can win both, you'll have a successful career. You win one, you have a decent career, solid career. But the anglers that figure out how to win both and work with the sponsors and work with the partnerships and figure out that whole thing and invest in their own brands off the water and then also kill it on the water are the ones that truly can make it in this sport. And if you don't do that, I'm not saying you want you – know, a lot of people just want to go bass fishing. and I, and I But you can never truly get to your full – potential if you don't look at it as two tournaments and i was like that was probably the biggest piece of advice going growing up in in fishing professionally that i've ever been given and took it to heart and realized how right he was that's good stuff hey i greatly appreciate the time when things settle down uh when we got a little bit of downtime this fall i would love to have you back on btl maybe get into Absolutely. some baits some tactics i gotta know more about this jabber jaw deal because <laughs> i've had a couple guys get in the boat with me and they're like have you thrown this thing and i'm like no it's a plug with a weird metal lip and then they catch him <laughs> then they catch him behind me and i'm like crap this is biffle bug alabama rig and chatterbait all over again <laughs> So anyway, I know you got to go, but uh, open yeah. invite, I'll get with you. We'll get on this fall. We can actually talk some baits and stuff. I always have, have enjoyed doing that with you over the year. And congratulations back to back anglers of the year on the BPT. I saw a peak of that hardware in the, uh, in the back seat. And I'm sure that'll have, Somewhere a, uh, right there. Yeah, yeah, that'll right have, there. A, have a new home. So you might have to move a couple of the others over to the side. So <laughs> uh, it'll, it'll, we'll find room. There's no problem. There's plenty of room always. Yeah. All right. Thank you, Jacob. Thanks a lot, Matt. Good luck down there at uh, that Bass Open. Oh, I'll need it. It's on the Red River. <laughs> I know. I, I, don't, I, I remember the last time there. I know it's way worse. I'm like, gosh. Good luck. I hope you catch him, bro. All right. See ya. All right. That was Jacob Wheeler. Like I said, big shout out to him for giving, uh, for giving some time to talk about that. And that dude is a fierce competitor. Uh, and and one thing that I didn't really get into, didn't have the time to it, but uh, he also, he's a rule, like he reads the rules. He knows how to use the rules and reads and listens them and then applies them just like he did with, does with his, with his fishing strategy on the water and always having a game plan. And like he talked about paying attention to the locals and the tournaments and outside factors. He also knows how to, use 
everything to his advantage to get the maximum effort. Stone Cold Killer and and obviously hates to lose. Uh, it's it's interesting. All those all those guys at the top seem, and with the exception of Ike, and I, I think Ike is even more tempered and focused than we give him credit for, especially back in the Angler years and, and classic days and uh, and winning. But they all have certain little themes and personality traits and drives to succeed um and it's just really impressive to see so all right we'll take our final break of the show uh when we come back we will wrap things up on an aoy edition of bto elite series pro daryl gleason here my pro guide batteries keep me going on those long tournament days and long practice days always plenty of juice never fail the best part about pro guide batteries it's the people behind the company they have over 40 years' experience in the battery business, keeping all of us fishermen out on the water longer, catching more fish. Check them out at ProGuideBatteries.com. What's up, Bass Talk Live fans? Brandon Polinick here. And ever since I won a couple Bassmaster Elite Series events on X-Zone Lures, I've been getting a bunch of questions of what makes them so special and different and really, the truth is, it's in the details. The little details, things like no cheap fillers in their plastic, that gives you more lifelike action, more realistic and vibrant colors. But don't just take my word for it. Go to www.exxonlures.com and check them out for yourself. Vibrating jigs are a great choice for any time of year, and the Kamikaze Swim-On is a perfect match for any vibrating jig. Two sizes and the unique tail design gives it a bait fish profile and a great swimming action for realism. There are 17 colors. See them all at BigBiteBaits.com. The Spro Little John crankbait has been around for almost 15 years, and it is one of my go-to crankbaits whenever I need a fish in the boat, so you can never have enough new colors. That's why Spro's coming out with a handful of new colors, including Pearl Shad, which has this bleached out white look, but it's got this pearlescent, really, really pretty. We've got Copper Shad, which looks amazing in the water. It's got that purple flake on the back, really, really pops in the water. And then if you want some real pop, we've got Sparkle Shad, nothing but sparkles all over this thing. And then last but not least, we've got the Matte Sexy Shad, just a really different looking color for a crankbait. So you wanna give them a little different look, that Matte Sexy Shad is definitely the one to go with. All these colors are available in the original Little John and the MD. Combining one of the most popular hook styles with Gamakatsu's beefier Superline offering, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend delivers the strength necessary to target big fish in heavy cover. Well suited for braided line and heavier fluorocarbon, the Gamakatsu Superline Offset Round Bend is built using stronger Superline wire that allows anglers to easily fish a finesse worm around heavy cover. The round bend offers a larger bite area, perfect for any worm presentation, while increasing your hookup ratios. The newly enhanced Z-Band holds your plastics on the hook longer, reducing the number of pull-offs and reducing damage to plastics. Available in 2-aught, 3-aught, 4-aught, and 5-aught, this is the most durable worm hook, designed for heavier lines that hold your bait on longer. Preparation is key to success. And that preparation starts well before you ever hit the water. You're only as strong as your connection to the fish, and your line is that critical connection. Confidence in your line every minute, every day on the water, is a necessity, and failure, it's not an option. 
Sunline makes the fluorocarbon, nylon, and braided lines to give you the strength to guarantee your confidence. Have you considered purchasing new electronics for your rig? The type of mounts you choose to protect your investment should be part of the decision-making process. No matter if you prefer one, two, or three graphs up front, Beatdown Outdoors has a solution for you. Adjustable, versatile, rigid, and made in the USA. What's your ultimate electronic setup? Check out the full selection of Beatdown Outdoors products by visiting beatdownoutdoors.com. All right, wrapping things up here on an Angler of the Year special uh, with Jacob Wheeler after wrapping up his second Angler of the Year on the BPT. It wasn't even close. I mean, Jordan Lee finished in uh, in second place, and it was like almost 100 points. It was insane. He had the thing like wrapped up at the beginning. He just never struggled during the entire year. He hasn't struggled for the last like three years. You talk about the wins, racking up the wins. Talk about the top 10s, the top 5s, like an 11th, a 2nd, a 2nd, a 5th, a 3rd, an 8th, a 3rd, a 7th. That includes uh, Redcrest and also uh, heavy hitters in there. I did want to point out something that came out a couple weeks ago that uh, some of you may or may not be interested in. Uh, I did a a, a dink and dunk, a little finesse, Bridges, Marina, Rip Rap and Ramps, the Spoken Hub Theory, the whole nine yards that went out on uh, Bass University. Uh, If you're interested in that uh, seminar that came out a couple weeks ago on the Bass University. So if you're a subscriber to Bass University or interested, there's a lot of guys who know a lot of stuff and have a lot of great uh, great seminars uh, on uh, that platform. Uh, I've attended some of them kind of as a media guy to shoot photos and videos behind the scenes, and it's interesting. You'll go to one of those Bass Universities, and certain guys like Christy will be talking, and like everyone else who's there who's like doing seminars will like sneak into the back of the room and listen to them because they, they do give up some good stuff. But uh, you will not catch them like Jacob Wheeler uh, if you watch the uh, Bass University Dink and Dunk, but it will help you put 10 to 12-pound limit in the boat on stingy fisheries. Not tidal fisheries, though. Tidal fisheries are a completely different animal. Uh, but... Uh, looking, uh, forward tomorrow, uh, like I said, recorded show today, uh, tomorrow, Matt Steffen comes on, uh, for his quarterly, uh, appearance on BTL, a really smart guy who, uh, understands things from a numbers perspective and an analytical perspective, uh, really going to enjoy talking with him, uh, about his season, kind of an uncharacteristic season, uh, for Matt Steffen, but, uh, it'll be interesting to see, uh, what his, future holds as well uh jacob mentioned uh with the conclusion of the bpt now the elite series uh there is one more npfl on the schedule and a couple more opens but as far as that very top level that's all done for 2022 uh and looking forward to uh 2023 to see if the man can three-peat so uh i think that's all we got for today this has been another edition of BTL, Bass Talk Live, Angler of the Year special with Jacob Wheeler, who took the time to do that. Greatly appreciate it. All right, we'll talk to you guys tomorrow.